A cowboy walks into a German car dealership and says, Audi, partner. And that's it. This is the start of episode 10. Wow, that's like the start of episode 9 when he did that. <laughs> gobble, gobble, goo. Googie, like, I, yeah, like how he, I don't even know. Like, I, I'm just apologizing now to everybody who's listening. We were just really trying to go freeform on this. You know, like mix it up a little bit. I could say good morning, Rochester. This is Grease and Glamour Podcast brought to you by UniversalImports.com. And today we are going to be talking about the differences between buying a vehicle new, leasing a vehicle new, or behind door number three, purchasing pre-owned. What is the best option for you? I'm sure most of you know where my head's at on this, but I'm going to try and remain objective for as long as I can before I let the dog out of the cage and just tell you guys why. Buying used is the only way to go, but... He couldn't even go 48 seconds. I tried. <laughs> There's no... Okay, no need to listen to the rest of this thing. This will be the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Great job there, Mark. Um... Anyway, uh, before we get started, we want to thank everybody for listening to the Grease and Glamour podcast. You can visit us wherever podcasts are found, and you can visit us at greaseandglamourpodcast.com. Or, of course, we would love you to visit universalimports.com for all of your auto service, sales, and collision needs. It's universalimports.com, the only name in the automotive business you need to know. And here we go with episode 10. Right on, right on, right nice. on. Hey, that's your uh, that's uh, Matthew McConaughey impression. I thought you only did Sean Connery. You, you got to do all right, all right, all right. Oh. I, w- I wasn't really trying to do him. <laughs> I was just saying. Well, I don't even know what I said. I can't even remember. What does he do? He's just all right, all right, all right. wasn't all right, all right. I dislike his commercials. The Lincoln commercials. The Lincoln commercials drive me crazy. It's so he just sits there and he does nothing and he says nothing. It's, that's the point of that's a point of creative commercials. I, it drives me. I, it was part of my career for years, creating like useless commercials so I could win awards. That's all. It's so pretentious. It really is. My almost, husband knows that every time it's on, I will change the channel. No it's what. almost a parody of a, pre, you know, yeah. pretentious commercial like that. So <laughs> wow, let it go, guys. Oh, sorry. Seriously, let it go. <laughs> it it's not, it, it, it really isn't that bad of a spot. Listen, there's a lot of bad commercials. Oh, I spots. know there are. There's especially car car commercials we won't even talk about the local car commercials oh gosh so if you're in new york you know what i'm talking about we won't even say it but yeah so compared to those i think you know matthew it's like watching a you know oscar film like compared to some of the ones we have to listen to so all right all right all right it's fine it's just fine we are still waiting for sean connery i'm hoping that comes out soon because i could do it minor penny that's my Sean Connery. Well, I should do it now because I know mine's better. <laughs> now you have to do it. Do I have to do it now? I feel like you do. I, I know. Like, people are asking. Like, uh, actually, you know, we give out the email address and people actually write in and said, where's the Sean Connery? I, know. I don't know. I got a cold. I don't know if it works. Or... Oh, just do it already. Come on. We can't go any further until you do it now. Nah. We, we won't even look at you. We'll no, so away. you guys are like staring at me. It's like, is, we'll Mark, Mark's getting creepy eyes. <laughs> what what is this with being, being creepy? I, that was the last episode. It really was, if you go back and listen to it. Oh, and by the way, before I even do Sean Connery, I got to address a couple elephants in the room. You know, our podcasts, you know, they are, for the most part, freeform. We research and know what we're talking about, but they go anywhere from 
half hour, 35, 40 minutes to, to an hour. And I know some people are like, hey, those podcasts are too long. Well, there's a new technology that's out. Um, it's called pause. You can always pause it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Or if you don't like it, spin on through it and be done and catch the next one. But I, I just wanted to make sure that for anybody that is having trouble with the length of these, that there are things that you can do to help you. Have you had people come up to you and say it's yes, too long? Yeah, yeah. See, I and, and I had I have to look at them and go, really? Like, see, I've had people. I've had people on both sides of the fence. I've had people come to me and say we really like the podcast being an hour because their commute is about an hour and it kind of fits yeah. nice into their commute. But I've also had customers uh, or people that listen that said, oh, you know, half hour. And I said, well. I think what it is is that there are still a lot of people out there that podcasts podcasting is still pretty new. That could be, yeah. and so um, you know we typically tend to think of things like like a TV program or something like that. You know, it's a it's a half hour program or whatever, and you want to get that full thought in in the half an hour. But we just seem to wind up going off and on tangents yeah, and here and usually, just let the film roll. And it's usually about. I don't know, forty-five minutes to an hour, right mm-hmm. in that same range, just about, yeah, about every one. So. Yeah. But whether you like our podcast at a half hour or an hour, we appreciate you listening. Just, we just love it that you like it. Yeah. We do love that you like it, and we hope that you like it, and we hope that you like it enough that you will be sharing it with um, friends and family that you know. Share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. I don't know where, wherever you share your stuff online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, uh, just put the word out there. We appreciate you being a friend of the show, and we really appreciate uh, our customers at Universal Imports uh, that we know are also listening. Thank you. Um, I mean, the reason you know, I am always so impressed when I see business people doing innovative things that you haven't seen done before and then you see them be super successful at it now i'm hoping this podcast will be a a success story um at at any magnitude but there's a show i i started watching it's called the gymkhana files okay and this is brought to you by the guy who co-founded the company DC. So DC Shoes um, co-founder Ken Block, he once his company was successful, he sold off his part of the company. He went into rally racing. Okay? So that was his hobby. He liked, you know, he was one of these guys that along with uh Rob Deerdrick from Ridiculousness mm-hmm. from you know, uh, they Sk- were skateboard. They were skateboarders. Yeah. They were, you know, that into that kind of stuff. And he got into rally racing when he sort of hung it, hung up his hat on the on the shoe, hung his shoes up, I guess we could say. <laughs> and uh, he came up with this idea to videotape him doing a rally car race around some strange locations, like it would be on a city block. Or it would be in the back lot of Disney or on Pikes Peak in Colorado. Some of these really cool stretches of road that they would have closed off. And he would then take his rally car and they talk about how soup. I mean, we're talking about vehicles that have like 1,400 horsepower. Okay, you know, that are crazy uh, powerful vehicles. 
he did these 10 videos on YouTube. The first video in six months had, I don't know, 34 million views. It took off. It was wow. viral. So they, they did a number of them. They did 10 of them, in fact. And if you go on YouTube and you look up the Jim Gymkhana uh, 1 or Jim Gymkhana 2, you'll see these videos of, his, of these little four-minute races. They're really fun to watch. But what's even more fun now is he came out with it's now spawned a TV series on Amazon Prime called Jim Conna Files. And each episode, and Jay, you would love this because you've been in production and and film. And the whole show is about how they shoot the, the car drive. So all the camera angles, what they have to deal with when they're on location. Oh, yeah, people don't understand. Shutting, yeah. down, the, the, cool. shutting down the city to do the, to do the race. Uh, contending with weather you know i think on one of the races they burned through like 75 gopros because oh, wow. you know they wanted the gopro to catch a certain angle but when the car goes over it's gonna yeah. that's the that is absolutely my type of show <laughs> that's like watching behind the music like you know yeah. how did they make those great albums you know but this is the kind of thing that inspires us to do the podcast because it's something different there isn't another car dealer in our area that's doing podcasting that i know about uh this is something we want to bring to our customers and to people out there to say hey universal imports it's it's not just a place to repair your car or to buy a car it's a whole experience it's you getting to know us our 20 employees uh, our family my mother my sister my wife my son my nephew we're all here along with our whole staff Erin's um, been with us a long time. She is really an expert when it comes to import cars. And we are we just want you to know that we're the place for anything cars. And with the podcast, even for the entertainment value of cars. Hence the name Grease and Glamour that my dad coined years ago um, before we even knew what podcasting was. It was We were going to use that, that name in another format and we've resurrected it for... For the podcast, so I must be the glamour because I know you, absolutely yes, nothing. You are, baby. You, you are. I the got glamour. none of that going. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> but, I'm just thrilled I get to sit here every week. So and today, do this. Uh, you know, gonna try very hard uh, not to um, turn this too much into uh, a pre-owned. You know, why you should buy pre-owned and nothing else because there is there is reason to think about leasing and buying new. In certain cases, I'll say very few. But there are still some. I'm going to let Jay sort of uh, lead this off a little bit, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I think it's, you know, this is one of those topics that I think I, I, I can really speak on because I, I was telling you guys earlier, I've done all three of these. I bought a brand new car. My first four cars were brand new. Then I went to leasing, and now I'm on the pre-owned market, you know. And I think, as I did the research on this too, you know, for me, when I first started out with cars, I mean, that was the... That was the status thing. Like, you know, all my friends are driving, uh, you know, beaters and I'm in a brand new car. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was the first that. one in my black with leather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, and, and what happens is, and I think it's an evolution of cars and, and car buying. Um, like my first car didn't have, you know, you know, heated seats. I didn't have leather. Once you have those things then you start and then I after... You know, so I got that first car brand new, and I was like, man, I'm missing all the toys. I'm, I'm missing all the toys. So 
I better get another one. So I got well, the next mm-hmm. one. And, the, and it became this game, I think, in my head that I you know, always wanted to have this this new car because I really wasn't sure about buying somebody else's car. I always thought, geez, I'm just buying somebody else's problems. They got rid of it. And I think, too, the time, um, I, I think when I was growing up and, and buying those first cars, you know, quite a few years ago. So I think the car market's changed. I think the market's really changed. And like I said, I went from that to leasing because I thought, wow, I'm getting more car and I'm really not paying that much. And I had a great job. So I didn't really, you know, so the money part of it, uh, I didn't really drive a lot. It was all right. It worked out. So then, oh, quite a few years ago, we decided, you know what? And especially with the help of Mark, no doubt, I get, I've gotten some great pre-owned cars that are just brand. I mean, they're like brand new because you got to understand, and you know it. It's you know something with thirty thousand miles on it now, and today that's brand new. Aaron, what about you? What you you bought new, right? So I buy bought new, um, and for me, you know, you don't even realize when when you buy new, you're like, oh, I get this great car. It's brand new. No one else has driven it. But then you drive it off and it depreciates, you know, 20%. So there goes, you know, a good portion of your your car that just automatically depreciates right away. Yeah, I think, Jay, you touched on it. I think probably the, the, the number one argument and, and potentially the only real solid argument to buying a brand new car is to have the latest and greatest. So... Now there's a there's a, a downside even to that, and that is the latest and greatest. If it's the first year of it, do you really want the first year of the latest and greatest? Because mm-hmm. the second year they're like, oh yeah, we realize we messed that up, yeah. so we got to reinvent it in the next year's model. But that's the main thing, right? Buying new gets you the newest thing, and it was no one else's car, and. That argument would have held up a lot stronger 20 years ago. Which is where I was at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 20 years ago, that you couldn't deny the fact that, yes, you um, by buying a new car, you avoided any of that concern about how did someone take care of uh, the pre-owned car that you might be considering and all of that. Now what we have, right, so we're, we'll get into leasing in a minute, but let's talk about the new versus used we'll just say used i mean pre-owned sounds nicer but uh pre-enjoyed uh see that yeah. even sounds worse to me i'd rather get used <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like do you really want to buy something? like i want you to think about this for a second yeah, i just bought you this right don't worry it's been pre-enjoyed <laughs> right right when i say it like that it like sounds that adorable, terrible right? you were talking about a boyfriend or a girlfriend that way <laughs> i'm just saying right like that's that's my point like don't ever say it yeah. like like used or pre-owned yeah pre-owned yeah. But please don't use pre-enjoy because it just in my head I was like, sounds... oh God, that sounds horrible, and I'm glad you all agree. So, um, you know, now there are just so many um, there's so many safe ways to buy pre-owned. Uh, you have things obviously like you have the history reports that you didn't have 20 years ago. You got Carfax, you, know, you got all to check all these things. Absolutely, um, that's number one. Yeah, because you're always relying right. on somebody else with those with those used vehicles. Right. Yeah. And number two, uh, as much as I will tell people that leasing is, and almost every financial guy will say the same thing, leasing financially is terrible. Yeah. It's you take it right off the table. You're renting a car. 
it's not yours. You're it's like renting an apartment that is not what any most financial people would agree. Yeah, and, and I'm not, not even sure that the that the tax advantages they keep changing the tax laws. You know, at one point I will say this about leasing. Listen, if, if you owned a business and you leased, you're able to write it off and a, a, a whole majority of that. So really, you're getting that money back in tax savings. Yeah. So hence I did. I owned my own business for a long time, so that's what I did. You know, um, I, I was able to lease, but that attack, the tax advantages were, were infinitely better than I think they are now, right? Oh, yeah, because now you can, if I mean, if that even comes into play that it's for a business, you can even take a pre-owned vehicle and you can use it for work and you can do the same thing for tax advantages in your business as you can with a lease in most cases. Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, uh, I, I have to write off right. mileage and yep. You Stuff can like do the same old... thing. Uh, so that's that's kind of even a non-issue anymore at this point. Um, you know, but right now, cars are so expensive. Brand new cars. Uh, so whether whether you're dealing in the world that I'm in most of the time, the Audi, BMW, Mercedes world, and you're seeing some of these, say, mid-size Audis or BMWs or Mercedes, they're, they're in the sixty to seventy thousand dollar small houses price range yeah. cost less new. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I'm not just gonna pick on. Uh, certainly, I won't pick on import cars. That's my business, and that's what I'm passionate about. But a Ford F one fifty is gonna can get you to sixty grand, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can oh, you can buy a fully loaded minivan and be into the mid thirties without a problem. Um, so cars are expensive new across the board they're they're expensive so the more expensive a vehicle is the greater the savings is going to be when that car is two years or three years old uh what we see almost you know i would say the average is we're selling cars that are two to three years old they have an an average let's say of 25 to thirty thousand miles on them and they are 35% 35% less than what it what that car was new. Oh, I've, you know, <laughs> listen, even my, and we talk about my, my Infinity all the time. I mean, it's a 2008, right? Um, I was going to go buy a new one. Really, I kept looking at them. Uh, I looked at this. I saw that, oh, here's the 2010. Guy goes, you know what? That's the same, the same body. It's the same. This one's got 21,000 miles. Ooh, I still got that car. So for me, it was a savings yeah. issue. Right. So I paid off. I paid it off in like three years. So I, I'm up at this point. Yep. Yeah, I got to come back to Mark because I got to get another one <laughs> at some point here. But, but that's a lot of years, at least for me, without a car payment, which enabled me to get another car with a car payment. So I didn't have to have a household with you know two like crazy. And I see that happen all the time too, where people got you know. The, the, I was a little huge. surprised to see that uh, one of the things I read was that. Um, Leasing makes up for about thirty percent of the new vehicles sales. Still, yep. Although I, I still think that that number's too light. I think it's more. It, it, and I it think could it's be going to keep getting more because, uh, you know, buying a vehicle for seventy grand, sixty grand, a Ford F one fifty, or, or you know, you even look at a, a loaded Highlander is going to be fifty. Mm-hmm. Um. People, I mean, that's a lot Listen, of dough. Young right? professionals. In my last position, where we had lots of young professionals. They were really just starting out, and they started making, you know, fairly decent money. 
they couldn't be driving those expensive cars. So you know what they did? They leased them. Well, you see, you see ads all the time for leases like under a hundred dollars, and it's like, I mean, granted that that seems good. I mean, there's associated costs and stuff that they don't, you know, say. Oh, front, oh, but... I mean, listen, go over the mileage, and you'll get anywhere from ten cents extra to twenty five cents yeah. a, a mile after. And First then, of all, you take take all the ads you see on TV, just just erase them from your memory because that is just to, it's that's just to bait you to get you in, mm-hmm. and you go wow. I can get $100 a month for this car. Well, first of all, $100 a month is getting you, uh, you know, maybe a base model. Unless Chevy you're putting Cruise down like eight grand. Or something exactly. like that. Yeah. Right. Of course. Right. Yeah. It, it all, well, comes, down to, it all like comes down to how much you have to put down up front, mm-hmm. how much of, of a residual is going to be at the end, um, how many miles they're going to allow you to drive within a two or three year period. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you this one. I'm going to throw this this one in there. Where you park. Because I'm going to tell you this. If you park in a parking garage, you might not want to go that lease route mm-hmm. because nobody cares about your car. Yeah, You got more dings, and you end up having to fix They will charge they you. They will charge you. They will absolutely charge you a lot. A lot. Right. Others are a little bit better, yeah. but there are definitely back-end costs that you don't even know are going to be there. Tires, brakes. I mean, imagine having to throw eight, dollars $900 worth of tires on a car. That you're handing back in yeah. in a month, which is what happens. And you get most absolutely of the time. nothing for it. Exactly, That's, you get nothing for it. You know, at least I can say that the new, while you might take that hit, you're still if you've already paid it off and you've had it for a while, now you can get something back on it and you can certainly use it as a trade-in. So I, I see more value. To me, I, I'm with you. This whole leasing thing, at one point, it was a great option for people to have nice new cars, and it was still a reasonable. Yeah. But now with the cost of vehicles. Yep. Well, so so to try and be objective and to try and be fair, uh, I'll break it down like this. Okay, you buy a new car. Some people are willing to spend the money. It so for some people, it's not all about the money. They're okay with spending more money because they just want to have something that's only been theirs. And you can't take that. You know, if someone feels that strongly about it, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. buy a new vehicle buying is in my opinion a new vehicle is still smarter than leasing a new vehicle but it's more expensive uh, on a monthly and payment a warranty. or, or you yeah. get that warranty, you get a warranty. i'm gonna address that in a minute um and it, so i understand if, if you need the the, the most up-to-date options you may not be able to find on the previous model and you just want to have a car that's only been yours. And like Aaron said when we talked about the new car smell on the last podcast, you just got to have that new car mm-hmm. smell and you got to have that. Well, then probably you're a good candidate for needing a new car, to buy a new car. You know, and, and sometimes I'll say this about new cars. Uh, a lot of companies, uh, especially for certain type of salespeople and stuff, they give them a, a, you know, a per diem or uh, an amount that they can put towards a, a car. So really, the company pays for probably half their vehicles, so they're like, well, I might as well have a brand new one. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably makes sense in some of those. Yeah, yeah to in those do. cases. Sure. So, so some people, they just that's their mindset, and, and for them, that's potentially the way to go. The same person but can't afford the payment or to lay down, you know, whatever the price of the new car is, well, leasing is an option that allows them to do all those same things and pay less for it. But here's the rub with leasing, okay? 
and this is the leasing is what they call you're playing right into the dealer's game. This is what the dealer wants you to do. The leasing is such a it was such a well thought out um, plan that it's like a, it's like going to a casino oh, and you yeah. look at all the chandeliers and you try and figure out where's the money going. Is it it's not going back yeah. with me? This is something that dealers want you to lease. Because they want you to have a car payment every single month for the next 30 years. And they want you to come back in three years. And they want to say, hey, you owe us you know, uh, $1,000 because your tires and this ding and that. But we can waive this or cut down the price if, if you're going to lease another, another one. one. Right, Aaron? Did yep. you go through that? Yeah. Yep. So, but my biggest problem with leasing, what I tell people is this. Aside from the fact that financially it is not your best bet, it may seem it because you can have a lower monthly payment, and some people really like the what they feel is the simplistic nature of a lease. Oh, I just I'm gonna pay this little amount at the beginning, I'm gonna have this payment, and in three years I don't have to worry about getting rid of it, I can just turn it back in. But those things that they think are so great are actually uh, it's it's sort of a mirage. It's it looks, or a, is that the right word? A, not yeah, a mirage. It's, it's not a, what it seems. It's yeah. not what it seems. Is that, yeah, I yeah. guess that's a mirage. It's yeah, not what it seems. When you're in the desert, desert, you think yeah. there's, yeah. there's water. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's is it? Really, oh, look, I see it. it no, a leasing a car is actually quite a complex mathematical game that they have figured out. They don't even call it you know, interest rate. They have a different term for it because the what you're paying in interest over that term, what your residual is, but take all of that aside because that would just blow your mind if you tried to dig into that too much take all of that aside and think to yourself this i'm going to get a car now the only person that a lease could even be somewhat reasonable to consider is someone that will 100 percent put no more and no less than the exact miles that they give them so if it's a 12,000 mile a year lease and it's someone that can Come in at eleven nine ninety nine a month, you know, or twelve thousand dollars a year, twelve thousand miles, excuse me, a year, for those three years, and they're coming in at uh, what's that thirty? It could be ten cents, twenty five, thirty cents <clears throat> extra per mile. Per mile over. Over. So you're gonna now. Let me tell you, one of the things is when I did my leases, I actually upped them to eighteen. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. even then. I knew, but I here's like, the pro oh, but, but, but here's the yeah. problem. You you pay more, obviously, sure the higher miles. But here's the problem: what people don't take into account sometimes is if you don't use all of those miles, whether it's twelve or fifteen or eighteen or whatever you signed the contract for, every mile you haven't used, you've left money on the table mm -hmm. because Good you're point. handing that car back with lower miles than they than the, they that contract bargained for. You have given oh. them money back. Um, and, and you don't get that money back you either. You don't get that <laughs> no, money back. No, they don't back. say. And I yeah, don't. no, because I'll tell you what, that's a dealership I want to go to. Oh, listen, thank you so much. Yeah. You were 4,000 miles <laughs> under. Here, here's a check. You do not <laughs> get that I, money back. We'd all back. go there, right? Yeah. And then I cannot tell you, I could not even count how many times someone's come in to look at a car. They've had their, their lease car in for repairs, and they're thinking about buying a car. And they're saying, oh, you know, the seats in this thing are not comfortable, or I don't like this, or the gas mileage is terrible, or the ride is rough, or whatever it is. There's very little they can do about it 
until that lease is up. I've seen that happen. I can't tell you how many friends yeah. of mine. They get it and they're like, this is just horrible. You, yeah. it, <laughs> I said, good luck. No options. It's, no uh, options. It, you're, you're, you're really locking yourself in for a period of either two or three years um, with very little hope for escape. <laughs> I saw an ad the other day for a one-year lease. Yeah. And I'm thinking um, to myself, wow, we have really gotten to that point. And you know what? Somebody's going to do it. Well, car, right. car, you know, I think uh, there are companies that there are these third-party companies. There are even car manufacturers that are that are they're always toying around with different uh, ways to sell cars. Mm -hmm. Some are you pay a monthly fee and you get a different car every month or every week even. Yeah. Um, you know, those are all these are all these concepts. They come and go. They never really make it all that big. Um, but for the most part, for the most part, most people leasing is not a a, a strong option. And now we might have some listeners that disagree with us, and that's okay. Yeah. But I, I well, and this is I'm all opinion. Yeah. This is this is but all. It, but I'm in that boat too. That says, listen, I, I'd rather see you buy new <laughs> or used, and, and leave that lease option because the only one's benefit is the car dealer. And most that. of the times, too, what you you don't realize is you need to have excellent credit to get into these leases too right so if you if you don't have excellent credit i mean these these ads you're seeing on tv that'll get you in mm -hmm. for a hundred bucks that's that's not the case that's read the fight print right. all, all and, of those ads i mean yeah. whether it's leasing or, or anything it's always in a best case yeah. scenario vacuum <laughs> yes so if everything is perfect if you have a you know 750 or higher credit score um, and you're putting $3,000 down and you're taking the 12,000 miles uh, a year uh, and you buy the, the red ones because they have too many red ones. And they want to get rid of the red ones, but the blue ones might be a little bit more. That actually does happen, believe it or not. Um, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing surprises me. But uh, so leasing is still a big thing. There are a lot of people that like leasing and I'm not really here to say that you know, they're wrong for liking it. I'm just here to say that most financial people will say from a financial standpoint, leasing is not the best way to to optimize or maximize your dollar when it comes to car ownership. Almost hands down, they will all agree that from a financial, purely from a financial standpoint, buying pre-owned is the way to go. I'm looking at this, uh, this one study. Um, that I was reading, uh, you know, for, for this podcast, and they were talking about, you know, the total out-of-pocket costs on, you know, the average amount for like a three or four-year, uh, you know, SUV, um, and what and what their payments would be, and they broke it down for leasing, buying new. So total out-of-pocket costs uh, buying new was thirty-three thousand six hundred eighty-two. Leasing that same vehicle in the same terms was uh, twenty-seven thousand eight hundred thirty-six, and buying. Used was twenty four nine six six, so you're talking the difference between buying used and buying new almost nine thousand dollars difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. and and leasing still almost three thousand more, four thousand yeah. more could yeah. be depending on the vehicle. So one of the things I read though that I don't think a lot of these articles get, and I mean I appreciate the articles, and most of them say all the same thing that you know if we're talk so there's reasons to buy new, there's reasons to lease. There's reason to go pre-owned, but strictly from financial standpoint, pre-owned is the way to go. But when they talk about sales tax savings, uh, so not not the sales, not your income tax potential 
benefit from leasing, but your actual sales tax on the car, they say, well, if you lease, you will pay the least amount of sales tax. And that's really not true. And I'll tell you why it's not true. Because if you lease a vehicle, you will only pay sales tax from what I understand. And I'm not an expert at leasing because I don't lease vehicles. But when you lease a vehicle, you're not paying sales tax on the whole amount of the car. You're paying sales tax on the amount that you're going to use. Okay. So that's definitely a lower number than if you were buying that car. We all agree mm -hmm. on that. However, if you buy the car and in three years you trade it in, you will trade it into a place and assuming that you're going to buy a vehicle from the same place that you're trading it in, it's a fair assumption. Most people aren't going to sell their car at one dealership and then buy at a different one. That doesn't usually make a lot of sense. Yeah. There are some cases, but if you're going to trade your vehicle in at a dealership where you're going to be buying your next vehicle, you are only going to pay sales tax on the difference, at least in New York State and a lot of other states share that same right. uh, model. So if you are leasing a vehicle, when you turn that vehicle in in three years and now you are without a car and you decide I'm not going to lease another vehicle, you are now going to pay the full amount of sales tax on whatever car you buy, mm -hmm. even from that same dealership. So there, uh, so I don't really see how you're paying less sales tax with leasing. You're not you're not being able to use that car as a trade-in to offset some of yeah, your sales tax on the nothing, next car. Nothing to put towards it. So right. so here's another thing that just came in my head. I'm thinking about why would I why would I buy a new car, brand new car? Oh, if I won the lottery, what was thinking? I won the lottery. Like this last one is like, yeah, like yeah. four hundred and eighty million dollars. I think you? I can afford a new car yeah. every couple of years, maybe once a year. <laughs> treat myself. I'm just trying to think. What? Are the, what? When would I do it? Yeah. Yeah, if I won the lottery. So I found this statistic. Um, so the average person owns thirteen cars in a lifetime. So each, if you did it on an average of thirty thousand, so. If each of these was three years old instead of new, you could save nearly $130,000 over your lifetime. Yeah, so now where the argument, so to play devil's advocate, where the argument would be is that, well, yes, okay, but I'm buying used, I'm saving this money, but I'm spending more in repairs. I don't have the warranty coverage that I have on a new car. Oh, not necessarily true. That's correct, mm -hmm. and, and it, it, it may have been true at one point. It was true, but something came out years ago in the pre-owned market, and I'll tell you why it came out. <clears throat> it came out because car dealerships started to realize they really enjoy selling pre-owned cars. In fact, car deal brand new car dealers love selling pre-owned cars, mm -hmm. even to the point that you might find a Chevy dealer that has a whole row of pre-owned Mercedes for sale because it's a great it's a great revenue source for them. It's a great business for them. <clears throat> and here's here's what it is. So many people lease, and then these cars come back in three years as pre-owned. <clears throat> People's mentality is not to keep a car for 10 or 12 years like it was, say, maybe back in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. Now people are, you know. Two to three years, mm -hmm. they're ready for. Unless a you're me, I'm still stuck in the '70s. <clears throat> I know, mean, me and John Travolta, <laughs> you know, the you know, the majority of us, the the majority of us are gonna three four years are gonna replace a car. So these these leases come back in, 
off of lease. They are now pre-owned vehicles. They need to be sold. So about maybe 10, 15 years ago, the advent of a thing called CPO. Three CPO. <laughs> Three that was CPO. More than, that was more than 15 years ago. <laughs> CPO, certified pre-owned. That became a phrase, was only used primarily by franchise auto dealers. So uh, if you went to a Ford dealership, BMW, whatever, you pick the brand, you went into their dealership, you could look at a used vehicle that was certified pre-owned. Not every one of their used vehicles is certified pre-owned, but the ones that meet specific criteria become certified pre-owned. And you pay a little bit more for that, but a certified pre-owned vehicle in most car brands what it means is you get a two-year warranty above and beyond whatever is left on the factory warranty and if it's a used vehicle that has no more factory warranty left on it then you're just getting a two-year warranty but if you think about it most a lot of cars still only carry a three-year oh, yeah. warranty yeah. brand new and the luxury cars are four um, there's a couple car companies that have five, but y you know, when you get into some of these cars, they have like hundred uh, or 10 year, hundred thousand mile powertrain warranties. I mean, that's just covering the things that rarely fail, but we're talking about full bumper to bumper warranty. The majority is either three years or four years. Now, most pre-owned cars have CPO and you can get them with two years above and beyond what's left of the factory. So what we did here at Universal Imports and a lot of other places have done this too, so it's not just at franchise dealers. But we, when we sell a vehicle, we certainly give people the option, uh, just like a dealer, <clears throat> excuse me, a dealer would. But we offer our cars as certified pre-owned. You buy a car from me, you buy a, a three-year-old Audi from me, and you pay $35,000 for a car that had an MSRP of $68,000, which is about right, would you say, Aaron? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're oh, paying almost that. half price, and you're going to get almost the same warranty that you got on the car from brand Oh, new. yeah. I think I'm still in warranty on the, on the Q5, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I'm got counting a, the days. No, just I bet you are. They just think, what are you getting out of that Infinity, Jay? <laughs> hey, come on, man. I can't. I just can't do it yet. So it's, it's just, it's a... Uh, so the warranty thing, the warranty argument is now off the table. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the thing of, I don't want to buy another guy's, another person's problems or, or this or that. Well, with, with the Carfax, with the, we had a discussion on one of our podcasts about how the auctions do such a great job with giving us condition reports mm -hmm. and making sure we know every little scratch, nick, tear in a seat, anything. If there is something, we know about it. So we can with almost 100% certainty buy you a pre-owned car and without even seeing it, no, there is nothing, there's no excuses we need to make for it. Um, yeah, I, and again, this is where I think technology has helped. Yeah. Helped really move us along, especially in the used car market, yeah. like you said, because there's no reason to think, you know, you're going to get something to go, I didn't know that. Well, of course you know. Yeah. Now you know everything. And you can, you can just print off the car facts and show people look, the brakes were done here, the tires were replaced know, here, and, and, and I think, everything's laid out. And I think too, one of the things that technology has helped is in the pricing of those things. Back in the old days, I think there was no real, we were all like, if we're going to buy a used car, we're like, well, we don't really know how much it's worth. Mm -hmm. How would we know? And I, I think people always thought car dealers were that just 
well, we're just going to get whatever we can possibly get. Nowadays, man, every car, you can look, you can find a car in any price range. You know just about, even when I buy a car here, I know within a thousand dollars or so. I would probably even make the argument that it's easier to know what a pre-owned car should sell for than it is a new car. Because, you know, this whole game that they play with, okay, here's the MSRP. But, you know, with this... With this model car, we're giving a, a, a $6,000 rebate or some crazy uh, uh, amount of a rebate. Oh, well, you oh, know. You can't pay attention to any of that it's because so, there's so much. So you don't, you never really know. Zero percent. Yeah. Plus you get 8000 back if you do this and you do this and you're like. It just gets too, it just kind confusing. of gets too confusing. With a pre-owned car, you know, when, when Aaron and I are faced with finding a car for, for somebody, which we are faced with multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, what we are doing when we are deciding what car we should find for this person and what, uh, should this person, what should we be finding to give this person a great deal based on the market? It's pretty easy. I don't tell customers when, when I, when I tell them to look for, uh, this is what the value of the car is. I don't talk, I don't talk about the NADA book. I don't talk about the Kelly blue book. I don't even talk about what the car's original MSRP is because all of that's kind of fun to know, but it's not that How important. How much did it sell for? <laughs> right? Right. That's the important. That's that's the number. Go on, you know, you go on a cars.com, you go on a car gurus, a, a auto trader, you have all of these the internet just makes buying a pre-owned car the no-brainer because all your information is there. It's not like it used to be. It it used to be you were buying a pre-owned car you were buying a used car from a used car lot from a used car salesman and that was a whole different thing than you have today and and, and to (laughs) me it's a mindset it's a mindset for people that are buying cars so when i bought my used you know my used cars here listen you're in business so i expect you're making money okay so i know of course but to me i'm paying you that for this incredible service to getting my car here within a day and a half and it's exactly the one that i love mm-hmm. but i know i'm not anywhere close to paying that you know like at my q5 i don't even know i can't even remember how much it was it was a lot i would never spend that much brand new right. but i'll tell you for the vehicle i got right oh man this thing it other, other than me driving with the wrong gas we'll, we'll talk, <laughs> maybe talk about that last last week we're um, gonna get jane we're gonna get jay into uh winter tires we're gonna get him using i think premium gas. i actually you know i did have this thing where i thought about it that the whole reason to have me in on this podcast is just to sell me more <laughs> stuff and not even that any anybody's gonna listen at all we go through... you keep telling me how many people are listening but i'm not sure that's true oh i, I don't I, even I, I don't even put these on the internet this is just that's all what <laughs> Because I'm thinking, a... how much is it, you know, because Mark's thinking, well, I could probably get an extra four or five grand out of them a year. I'm thinking <laughs> probably, yeah. This, this is a good, this is a good deal. We go through tremendous lengths to, uh, you know, to sell things to our I customers. Just, well, obviously, just to sell it to me. Fake or... in a podcast. <laughs> Goodness gracious, that's all I can say. Oh. Um, so, you know, I, I guess what we're talking about here is the fact that if you if you want something that's never been touched by anybody else, or you've won the lottery, and you've won the lottery, yeah. knock yourself out. Or you know, it, just the money part of it is not. To some people, there's just a value in having it new, yeah. and those and we can't. I mean, that's your prerogative, Absolutely. and that's fine, and it's not wrong. No, nope. um, leasing 
leasing for a lot of people, even though they know that it's a complex mathematical equation. It's it's these algorithms that, that car dealerships have been working with for years to see what's the exact dollar amount they need to get you at to where they're going to get that car back and they're not going to be over their head in it. And, uh, and they've got it figured out. It's the dealer's game. But for some people, <clears throat> it feels easy. I just got to go in, pay this. And, and they resign back. themselves to the fact that right. they're going to have a, a payment all the time and they get right. one in the same range. Yeah. So their point is, listen, I'm already going to have a car payment every time. At least I'll be switching out and get something that's a little newer. Yeah. Well, and then I or also want to say, different... and, I don't, and I don't want it to sound, uh, I, I don't want this to come off sounding, you know, arrogant or too, you know, uh, boastful. But a lot of people have had bad experiences at used car dealerships. I mean, there is, there are still... Like, there are good people. We've talked about yeah. it when we talked to the police chief. There's still a lot of snakes out there. And there's a lot of snakes in new cars. There's a lot of snakes in used cars. But in used cars, there's still there's, there's a lot of games Listen, being played. The last business I worked in, one of the things I figured out, and I find it took me a long time to figure out, like, these small used car places. You know, and what I realized, it, it, they're really not in the car business they're in the financing business mm-hmm. oh, they don't really care what sure. the, they don't yeah, care sure. what the cars are oh it has nothing to do with it they're right. they're preying on those yeah. yep we've had a bad luck or whatever it happens to be they are a finance business they have nothing about cars. like you look and you see like you, you drive anywhere and see them and you're like they got four cars in the lot like what and they're horrible cars the yeah. best advice that i can give anybody in this podcast right now today aside from the fact that they should seriously consider buying pre-owned when they're looking for the next car the best advice I can give you is whether you're buying new or used, double check the interest rate that that's being proposed to you. Because many people, even with good credit, will walk out paying points over what they should be paying. And that translates into not only a lot of money for them, but a lot of extra profit for the dealerships. Another thing I will tell you, which I feel you have to really be careful about and where there is negotiating to be done, and that is with aftermarket warranties. Um, Aaron and I have had this push and pull struggle with aftermarket warranties for years. Um, there are a couple that we have found that we like over others, and we have them in our desk drawer for certain situations that they may make sense, mm-hmm. but typically we are not big advocates for aftermarket warranties. Um, number one, we like to think that we're selling cars that are so well taken care of and we've gone through them thoroughly enough and we feel comfortable enough of standing behind them ourselves so there's no need to get an aftermarket warranty party involved but there are some cases where maybe someone's moving out of state they won't be close enough to us where we can take care of the car maybe a hundred bucks is is better than a full boat but they will but some of these places will charge three four grand for an aftermarket warranty that you know potentially cost them half of that so um it's like healthcare. sometimes you think about all those premiums you pay and we look back the year and you go oh my gosh how much did i pay and you went to the doctor exactly. you know so if you had not paid any of those premiums so to me it's it's kind of the same thing you know you're it, it's on the if it, it, it's a betting game it's a betting um, game. it's a betting game whether and, you're gonna and, last and all i'm saying is and i'm not and i'm not here to say that 
every place that's going to offer you an aftermarket warranty or financing is trying to rake you over the coals with it. But it is a potential. Mm -hmm. it, there is there is this ability for them to do that. Right. For them to see how much they can get away with charging you an interest and hoping that you're not savvy enough well, to go... Well, since this podcast is only for me, I'm thinking <laughs> you're trying to get me to buy one now. Well, That's well, what I'm thinking. Is he telling me I need to buy one? No, definitely. Well, uh, you okay, know, good. Thanks, Mark. Uh, but, you know, you really <laughs> just double-check the interest rate. Double, uh, if, if an aftermarket warranty comes up, it may be a good idea for you to buy one, but... Look at a couple depends, others. Yeah, and it depends and on where see you're at. What yeah. the cost is? Mm -hmm. I always think it's to me, who knows nothing about any of this stuff. My whole thing is always research, research, research. That's really pay it, attention. Yeah. You got there's so many tools now to be able to figure it out. I, I will like, tell you that uh, uh, the way we handle whenever we're whenever we're working with a customer on um, finding them a car, uh, I certainly encourage them to do their own research and most people do mm -hmm. um but we will do research also even if they haven't asked us for it because i can't sell anybody and i think aaron feels the same way i can't sell anybody anything unless i'm convinced that it's the right thing to sell them i have to have my heart in it and be so passionate about that this is the right thing for you and if I don't feel that way, and I would not be able to feel that way if I didn't do the research, I wouldn't be able to sell it properly. And, and I feel like being a woman and, and being in this industry, I mean, there's a certain stigma when you're a woman and you go into a car dealership and you don't, you know, most times you want to do your research ahead of time and, right. and figure out, you know, what is this and that. But, you know... And I want to make sure that I have all my research done for when people come in here right. because I know what it feels like to walk into a dealership yep. as a woman and, and feel that you know, way. And, and, and here's the, you know, again, I always talk about uh, just having this conversation with somebody today. There's always, you know, two parts. There's the, the logistics. There's the math of something and whether it works or not. And then there's that piece that isn't defined, which is the whole service end of of buying something so when you're buying that used car not that word that we used earlier that just sounded horrible um i think pre-enjoy yeah right AJ, like yes yeah, would you like a pre-enjoyed automobile oh my god it's just <laughs> okay, i'm crawling out of my own skin so is everybody else um but you do you think about what is that what's that other piece what else am i paying for what what is it listen it's easy to do things and run a great business when everything runs perfect every single day. But you and I, we all know that things are going to happen. It's about how you respond to them. And when you come to a place like this that is truly family owned and you know every single person, listen, it things happen. But man, the, the fixing of the problem or whatever it is, is never in question. And you know what? You get it from that used car shop on the road there, and the high interest rates. You know, and, and of course, I I recommend everybody to buy their car here. And, that, and that's not just because I'm well, on the podcast. I, I absolutely that. do yeah. that. Yeah. I just think if you're not going to buy it here, buy it from someplace like here. Because that's the value, really. Right. Is and, and so, and we did. We did all this research on new, used, and stuff. <laughs> that other factor, that it factor... Well, I'll elaborate on that, Jay, because I was going to bring this up earlier, and you've this is a perfect segue into my thought on this. And when you say buy a car from a place like here, and we try to keep this podcast not as a, just a big infomercial, and it really isn't that. In fact, we're probably 
really skating the line on this one, but um, buy a pre-owned vehicle from a place that also services the vehicles they sell. There you go. That is the most important thing because when you buy, so there are there are lots of honest people out there as well as there's lots of dishonest people out there. But some of these shops, some of these used car lots, um, there are some that are very, very good and they have very good partnerships with repair shops to fix their cars. But it is going to cost them more to get that car to the to its proper condition to be sold and it will potentially inhibit them from doing so because of the cost of having to sublet all the repairs to another place for us it's a no-brainer if if i buy a car and i know it needs brakes i put brakes on it and guess what my service department just got a brake job <laughs> right and my customer got brand new brakes brand on new their brakes. car. So you, have, you have the you have the ability to take yeah, take care of it, that's and that's it the is. key, you know. And that's why I say you you know to be able to have that one place, yep. right? And I said it about buying all different types of cars, and it wasn't just imports that I could come in here, get it fixed, and know that I'm being taken care of. Yeah, and, and that's the you know in 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 low cost, lower cost. Listen, I you know if I would have if I probably took six or eight months. And really, you know, sharpened my pencil. I probably could have got the Q5. You know, probably would have ended up being about you know four hundred dollars cheaper. But uh, what am I getting for that? I'm getting all this backing constantly of of, of of things, and it's just you know, I that's my biggest take. Go, having been that guy that's bought new, leased, and used, buy used is my opinion. But buy one from a place like this. Don't don't just go out and. All of a sudden, I'm going to go buy, from new and buy you know, right. from this guy over you want, here. You want to buy anything you buy, whether it's a car or anything else. You want to buy it from a place that also has the ability to service it or to handle the situation when something goes wrong. Um, and that's that's very important. Us here, Aaron and I, you know, Aaron, I, I when Aaron came to work for me and she was an assistant and now she's an import car expert, she does all the things that... I do, and it, we work with total transparency with the customer. We, we I'm our, working with her next time because because <laughs> she doesn't make the jokes that she makes you that creepy, and, and it doesn't do the creepy thing that you've done like two or three times lately. Yeah. It's really starting to creep me out. Yeah, you like it, and you know it. No, um, <laughs> not no. <laughs> um, so, but you know, Aaron talks about uh, my, when you mentioned that about being a woman and, and mm -hmm. the way women feel when they go into places. Uh, my father always said something that I always thought was very interesting, and, and I found it to be very true, too. Uh, and that was that certainly women always, a lot of women feel that way, but the reality is, is that women typically know more when they come in looking for a car than men do, and there's a reason for that, and that is that Men and I, I, mean, I know I know this of myself. There's certain things that I'm going to be afraid to admit I don't know when I go somewhere. If I'm, you know, like Tim the Toolman Taylor, and I'm going to you know the John Deere store, and I want to talk about mower blades, and I, I want to, I, I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Women are okay with with saying, I would like you to explain to me what this is, mm -hmm. whereas men will be a little more reluctant to admit that they 
yeah. need exp yeah, an explanation. Yeah. And so my father would always say, women typically have been more educated when they come in with this kind of stuff. Yeah, unless you're me and I'm right there. Like, listen, I, I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> I really don't. Very little research goes into it. I think, you know, who's got the best sound system for a okay. car? That's what I want. But you know what, Jay, I would argue the point that you would walk into our place. Even before we were doing this podcast oh, years ago, you yeah, would yeah. walk into our place and you would feel comfortable saying that to me, saying, hey, oh. I don't know what I'm looking at. So, And that was because of the relationship we built. Absolutely. Absolutely. And but that, and that's you would huge. be reluctant to walk into some big dealership and tell some guy you never met, listen, I don't know a thing about these cars. I'm an open book. Sell me whatever. Yeah. <laughs> sell me whatever suits you, yeah. man. <laughs> no, you're opening yourself <laughs> you know? up right there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it really comes down to there are... There are cases to buy new. There are cases to lease. I understand it. You're not necessarily making the wrong decision for you financially. There's certainly yeah. a strong argument for pre-owned. And now in today's day and age, just to make people aware that buying pre-owned is such a different animal than it was you know, 10 years ago and certainly 20 years and, and I'd like to hear from some of our listeners that are not in the States. Like, how yeah. does it work there, and and are they, they do it? How are they going about doing it? Right. And is it better to buy new there? It might be. I don't know. Like, I really don't know what's going on in China as far as cars go. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, what I can tell you the little bit that I know is that this is the only country where leasing is a big thing. Uh, leasing, well, this is the only country where a lot of things are a thing. You know, I mean, <laughs> leasing, <laughs> leasing is leasing is non-existent in in most other countries. Um, yeah, this is the only country where like Seven Elevens aren't great. Like yeah. go to Japan and go to a Seven Eleven. It's like a five star restaurant. You know, it's <laughs> really? amazing. Right. <laughs> and you know, I mean, a lot of that just has to do with. I mean, we just have we have a big population, and we have a and we live. We're not all living in one square mile. I mean, we have a lot of. There's a lot of land in this country, and there's a lot of people in this country, and therefore. Things are different here than they are in other places. It's like in people, Europe, they they're do, smaller. Yeah, and, and, and they compare us to Canada, and that's sure. not even, like, size-wise, you look at it, you go, oh, yeah, it's huge. Uh, no, population-wise, completely different. But I, I'd be interested to see and hear from other people that say, hey, this uh, how is, this is yeah. how, how does it work? Because I'm sure the laws are different and how it works yeah, in percentages. Yeah. It, and... it, I think a lot, very different. And, it, you know, even to the fact that car prices are much different in different, the same car that you could buy here is either much more money or even in some cases much less money for the same car in a different country. Yeah, but is it the same? It's like when they sell you those great big TVs and oh, it's two hundred ninety nine dollars. Oh, yeah. Is it's made specifically and it's missing you know oh, two HDMI your, your ports. Bla and your Black Friday special yeah, those Black TV. Friday special TVs are missing right. some stuff. They were made they, a certain exactly. way. That's what I think it it is. Yeah, yeah at, as yeah. far as car, I don't know exactly. I'd like to know. Translates in the I'd car like to thing. know. But yeah, the TV thing—you're right. That's why I um I don't even bother with the getting up at, and now, uh, Black Friday. It's not even a matter of getting no. up at four in the morning because no, it why? starts like right after Thanksgiving okay. dinner at four so, p.m. So here is my one thing that I gotta say about Black Friday, Thanksgiving, and that whole thing. I absolutely do not shop at any time on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I. Do not want to encourage these people to have their poor people having to work because most of the people that are in retail, right? Not, they're not, they're not killing it. This is their, they have to work. 
So let's not make, let's have a day off. Okay, really? Yeah. I mean, really? Everybody because the just... more people that show up there, that means those poor people, and some of them start, I saw this, I don't want to go on a whole rant, but two o'clock in the afternoon. It's, so how do you get with your family if you got to work at two? You know, we were. Everybody was on board with that for years and years. I mean, this is just over the last few years that now it's it's I'm, people are I am hoping that online day. crushes it and kills it so that way those poor people don't have. Because to me, it's just like yeah, that's uh, a, that you got to be careful with. Because so if online kills it, then they don't have a place to work. Oh, I don't know. That explains something. And I like uh, walking around uh, the mall. Okay, get my yeah. pretzel. Online walk around. It. Listen, look Black, for Black some Friday is a whole clothes. different deal. Black Friday is a whole different deal. Yeah. Let's get up. Let's do that thing. Let, we can take the, we can take that Thanksgiving day off and right. let people. Well, I and it's not going to hurt them because I'm telling you right now. I just saw a report. Walmart had their best online sales day mm-hmm. on um, on Thanksgiving actually. So. I admire a company like like Van Mauer. They will not open. Yeah. When all these other companies are open, they will not open. On a I don't know what day of the week is a Saturday, maybe? Maybe not. I don't know. They close at like five or on Sunday, they close at four PM or and that's it. They uh, stick yeah. to their guns. I grew up before both of you in times that uh, nothing was open on a Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you never thought about the holidays. But unfortunately, we got to this greedy thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. And maybe we should talk about that on a whole Everybody, everybody just podcast. needs to be, everybody the, needs to be on The board. retail business and the greedy business. And what, right. where is that going? That's a whole other podcast we can talk. Brick and mortar versus yeah. online. So, so the bottom line on this one is new, used, pre-enjoyed, pre-owned, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's important for people to know that there are really safe options to buy pre-owned and you talk to just about any financial advisor they're going to tell you to buy pre-owned yeah. would you love would we love it if you bought your pre-owned car from universal imports of course we would um but this is not that we're asked we're just giving you information and like jay said you know whether it's universal imports or if you're in a different part of the country and it's a place like us that can service the cars that we sell that you can get the warm and fuzzies with, that you can establish a personal relationship with, and that will give you full transparency when it comes to interest rates and the warranty and what are you paying for the warranty and are they bumping the rate because that happens a lot, so let's find out. Um, all of those things. Now, well, wait, I got, we, and I got one yeah. more thing. I do want people to keep leasing, though. Because well, yeah. that gives us a better inventory for that used <laughs> that vehicle. Better, because exactly. used that, inventory that, that's where, and we said that earlier that's on, right. that's where it all came from. So if it's you're listening a, and you like leasing, thank you, because you're probably driving my a, next car. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, fist pump on that. <laughs> um, anyway, we, we really hope that you guys are enjoying this podcast. We know that this one, uh, you know, skates the line of being somewhat of a universal imports advertisement, but can't help ourselves once in a while. Um, we're so passionate about what we do and we just want to get the word out there and um, we just we'd like you to know that you can come and talk to Aaron or myself Mark Fearbacher anytime you can uh, email me mark at universalimports.com or you can email me ekane at universalimports.com and don't bother emailing me because they still haven't sent me my email address and login and password. Oh, I check your email all the time. Yeah, here we go again, censoring my stuff. Big brother at its best, or big sister in this case. Um, anyway, we thank you so much for listening to the Grease and Glamour podcast. We hope that you 
are telling your friends about it. And if you're not, we ask you if you could tell your friends about it. Share uh, share the story of the Grease and Glamour podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you can uh, reach out to your friends and tell them to give it a listen. We really appreciate it. Um, we will be back a couple times before the holidays. Uh, so we won't. We're not gonna wish you happy holidays yet, but we wish you happy shopping, safe shopping, safe traveling. Um, and if you have any car questions, any at all, please feel free to email us. Visit us at universalimports.com. And uh, until next time, I'm Mark. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jay. See you later. Yeah.